Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. A dog starts barking immediately. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just like the beginning of uh, Being Caught Stealing by Jane's Addiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, uh, I've been caught stealing. Yeah. Jinga, 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 jinga. my I like the idea that, like, Perry. Rude. Sorry. Wow. Sensitive today. I am. I'm prickly. I like the idea that Perry Farrell. Like, they had such a limited studio time, and, like, Pat Smear brought his dog, and they were like, use it. And then, like, it just became their most iconic hit. It's the fucking coolest to have pet sounds, man. We've talked about this on here. Yeah, well, Tender Friends Eric Wilson texted us and was like, let me get in on that, and let's all take some acid and pet sound it. Yeah, lie on our backs and listen to the fucking best album ever created. Any, uh, man, do you think you have to go through a a mental breakdown to be the best artist you can be. I sometimes am like, I need to break my mind, body, and spirit if I'm ever going to accomplish anything. Interesting. Have you seen Love and Mercy? Did you watch the movie about Brian Wilson's Should I see it before or after I hear the album? You should listen to the album as soon as you possibly can, Uh as many times as you possibly can, and then you should watch the movie and then listen to the album again. Oh, okay. It's incredible. Truly incredible. Yeah, because I'm sure like... I'm sure that I would say, like anyone else who goes through that, like, I wish all of this upon no one. Right. But, yo, from the outside looking in, I want to make good art, and yeah. I want to do whatever it takes to fall over the edge and get there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's there's that link of, like, yeah, falling into the abyss of whatever kind of, like, craziness you need to experience in order to create a beautiful piece of artwork. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. But I don't think you actually need to go crazy to make good art. <laughs> I don't think it's a necessity. I don't think you need to be like cutting your ear off. And, I like the guy. Know. I like the idea of the guy who didn't achieve and become the person he thought he should have, and so now he's like, "Well, yeah, it's because I don't. I'm not bipolar. That's the problem, right? Like I wasn't given the tools I needed to <laughs> uh, yeah. to do the things I set out to do. Sure. If I was autistic, then I'd be in MoMA. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. That fucking guy. <laughs> that I don't know if guy. I like that guy. No, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks. He's the guy who who like reaches across you to grab a napkin without saying excuse me at the bar. Yeah, he's the CEO of like some asshole weed company. That fucking guy. <laughs> he's that fucking guy. Yeah, what up, very How's it going, Mike? <laughs> That's a good start. That is a good start. Fuck yeah, that guy. Fuck that guy. Welcome to Weed and Grub, though, everyone. Don't fuck you. Uh, this is a podcast about cannabis, comedy, cooking, and calling shit out. Yeah. Along with culture, music, and uh, fun fun things during coronavirus pandemic times. I thought of a... <laughs> I, yeah, what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it upbeat. I'm trying to imagine, do you think there's ever been someone who has gone to a bunch of raves but has never seen a baby? And so when they saw a baby with a pacifier in their mouth, they were like, that kid's too young to be rolling. Uh, sure. 
I just thought of it the other day and I was like, oh, that's funny. Just somebody, like a bunch of pictures of babies and we think that they're rolling. I was like, yeah, that's kind of fun. That makes me think of uh, our friend Corey Thomas, who we interviewed on this podcast. She just posted a link to herself at the very first EDC. Whoa. And it was like footage from some fucking documentary. And she put it on our IG store and she's like, look at me. I was such a little fucking 17 year old skinny raver. And everyone's wearing Jinko jeans and like just doing the like hand movements. And there's like, you know, 500 people there. And it's just, yeah. you know, full on. Fuck. Mary Jane, you just solved social distancing. What? Bring back Jinkos. Oh, okay. The widest legs in the world. Yeah. Everybody is wearing mandatory Jinkos yeah. on every single person. <laughs> you have to stay in the country. six feet away at all times. You have to. It's so fucking wide. They're so wide yeah. that un- unless you're stepping on someone, then they're gonna trip fall down. Also, like rave fucking fashion, a mask fits in great. Yes. Like oh my God. Burning Man, when I was at Burning Man in fucking deep playa, like laser lights kicking up in the fucking dust at three in the morning, you're in a mask. Yeah. You have to wear a mask. You're yeah. in a mask and goggles and Jinko jeans. I love this. So and, well, leg cups in my case. So the most the most um, prepared culture culture yeah subcultures rave culture i mean we've all seen the fucking like you've seen the rave scene in the matrix yeah they're all well no they're not socially distanced but yeah rave culture is definitely prepared well, those ghosts for. can socially distance <laughs> you're definitely yeah you're socially prepared if you already have your fucking dust mask and your leg cuffs and your jinko jeans and your water bottle and you don't need to like yeah like you're not buying drinks you're nope. not sharing straws nope. you have a camel back you've got your own fucking straw dude this yes, is cool. This is great. Yeah. Let's let's like take drugs and go to some desert raves. I open EDC right now <laughs> to lead by example about what what uh like what it takes to survive this new world order. Well, it is a fucking necessity right now. I think some ecstatic movement for all of us who have been trapped in, you know, our homes. Like I would love to be in a bit of a wide open space and like shake it off. I mean, we talked to some fucking incredible people who are making music for exactly that reason right now. Yeah. As our guest this week totally if um in our interview with dance loud yeah. we do get into like what a concert is going to look like and i love our fucking theories i think we are spot on with what um what a live show is gonna be um f- from whenever we all wear our vr suits until the future yeah like i love that part i think it's at the end of the interview yeah right? i think so okay cool yeah 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 well, before we get to our guests, uh, do you have any bits, pieces, news? Things are happening. A um, certain thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> this is beautiful because if I were you, if I were I in this situation, uh-huh. I would have just said all of it and been like, "So how was that?" <laughs> and like taken it. And instead, you're just like putting putting little softballs along the line. say the thing that happened. That's so great. You're so much nicer than me. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But. <laughs> yeah, Comedy Central. My first Comedy Central credit. Hell yes. Up top. Cool. Five. High five. Thank Fuck you. Yes. Fucking cool, man. So fucking cool. Yeah. Congratulations. So, thanks. That's like one of those things where you watch comedy your whole life and you watch Comedy Central and Key and Peele and all of these things your whole life and you tape um, uh, the Comedy Central half hours and, you know, Mitch Hedberg and just, yeah, I, I'm not comparing myself to anyone, but to have a Comedy Central cosign on my fucking resume now feels fucking tight. It's so fucking cool. And the video is so funny. Thank Everyone you. has to go check it out. Can you say a little bit it's about it? It's my wheelhouse. Yeah. If anybody wants me to just be funny on camera and then trust a good editor to like add cool shit around me mm-hmm. like that is what I want to do forever. Yeah. That's my fucking wheelhouse, man. So, um, so it- yeah, it's about 
getting high, watching porn, lying to my roommate, and ruining his life. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to check that out, uh, it's on Comedy Central's Instagram. It's on my Twitter. And then it'll be on Comedy Central's Twitter. It's on Comedy Central's Facebook. It's cool. Yeah, they, they liked it enough that they put it all over their socials. It's fucking great. The fucking story is insane. Uh, the fucking like weird little what do they call it? Not outtakes, but like the clips that they grab of you just saying things like, you know, yeah. you had a bong. Well, no, actually you had two bongs <laughs> or like the the porn search that you do. Oh yeah. It's like dehydration porn. <laughs> Yo, have you ever seen a crispy fuck? Have you ever seen two crispies fuck? No. Oh, like it's just. That's terrible. Husky fucking? Husky. <laughs> or husk fucking? Husk fucking. Husk fucking. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 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 It goes cool. it, it goes hentai. Yeah. Heinous. Yep. Husk. Indian. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Like for porn searches. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. Husk fucking. Husk fucking. That's crazy. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yes, it is. Well, your story is fucking uh pretty radical. Did you get any uh good good slurps in your DMs on that? I'm not gonna answer that. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't need to invade your privacy. Uh, it's been invaded to... enough today. Okay. <laughs> People are like, yo, we know about your porn habits now because of your Comedy Central video where you like put yourself on blast. Yeah. So are yeah. you going to do an OnlyFans or a fur fan mm-hmm. or a fan fan because I'm your fan? Like, yeah, it's it's flattering. Um, it's flattering because I've learned boundaries through yeah. therapy. Yeah. So I can allow it to be flattering. So important. Yeah. Not I mean, to bring it down, but you know. Not bringing it down at all. The most important there's just that like, especially right now, I think when we're all like a little raw and vulnerable to protect yourself as much as you possibly can in, in some kind of little bubble and just take care of yourself first without feeling the need to like get outside of your comfort zone at all. Yeah. Just do that. Yeah. Take care of yourself at all times, you know? <laughs> oh, I also want to shout out the editor actually of the video because I oh. ended up when they sent me the Google links to everything, uh, his name was on it. And so I tracked him down through his website because it's just such a great cut. So I just want to shout him out because I wrote him a thank you email today. Tom Cowell, T-O-M-C-O-W-E-L-L. He lives in New York. If you ever need an editor, he works with Comedy Central. But, you know, who doesn't want a freelance gig? I don't know his life. He's a great editor. So thank you, Tom Cowell. Cowell. Cowell, maybe? C-O-W-E-L-L. Hmm. Cowell. Tell us how you say your name, Tom. Cow. Cowell. I'm guessing Cowell. Cowell. This brings us to our buzz oh, of the week. But yes, we it have sure some, does. Do you want to flip them to this week? <laughs> yeah. We, no, we, we have news first and then buzz of the week. All right. Real quick. Because our grub look is that very quickly. It's just a follow. It's another butt of the week, basically. So... I was looking at Marijuana Moment, which is a great place to get all of your weed news. And there's a writer for Marijuana Moment named Kyle Yeager. And just follow him on Twitter because he I has... I think it's pronounced Yayay or... <laughs> Jay Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's Yeager, but we'll see. But anyway, it's uh, Kyle, K-Y-L-E-J-A-E-G-E-R. And Kyle... Never going to remember that. That's insane. I don't know why we spell them because I can't see the letters in my head making the word. It's Well, write it down. Get a pen. <laughs> <laughs> Or just go Google marijuana moment. I don't know, man. I think everyone who listens to this podcast should have a pen and a pad of paper next to them at all times. And hopefully a fucking joint. Spark it up. There you go. Uh, And read some of the good news that Kyle is reporting for marijuana moment. So he is uh, writing 
stories every single day and he wrapped them all up in a thread on his Twitter and it was just nice to sort of see and I don't want to go through all the stories it was like there is good news happening right now even though you know shit's closed down and everything's difficult and hard and governments are crazy he wrote this tweet that says 2020 might not be shaping up exactly the way marijuana reform advocates had hoped but you might have missed the recent spike in legislative cannabis activity as states slowly reopen a brief thread and then he rolls out several stories that Oklahoma Oklahoma legislature sent a bill to the governor on Friday that would allow deliveries to um, start up in the medical cannabis program. There's news about Louisiana. The U.S. House approved a a stimulus package that includes um, safe banking for financial institutions that uh, service weed businesses. There's just like a bunch of stuff going on. I didn't know any of this was going on. That makes me much happier than I felt in a little while. There's, yeah. Fucking cool. El Paso fucking Texas evidently approved a measure that encourages police to issue citations for weed busts instead of for making arrests. Mm. Like Big difference. Ticketing it's a, I'll just I'll yeah. take it. Well, Texas is tough, you know? Yeah. So it's just great. Anyway, follow Kyle Yeager on Twitter for some good news. And that's our Grumpy cool. I hope he keeps segment. that thread updated. Yeah. Like, it'd be dope if that was like the go-to thread mm-hmm. as things develop and he just keeps adding to it and it's this like beautifully crisp time timeline towards federal legalization. That would be really Neat. Yeah, and you can also just go to marijuanamoment.net, not .com, marijuanamoment.net, which cool. is where Kyle writes all of the news. It's where I get, this is where we get all our news Yeah, from. currently. Yeah, also tough. Politico, which our friend Mona Zhang, who used to uh, do the Word on the Tree newsletter, is now writing for Politico, and there's some fucking great writing coming out of there as well. Tight. Yeah. Okay, or Rolling Stone, if somebody ever writes for them, they yep. should fucking <laughs> check that place out, huh? Yep, stories dropping all the time. <laughs> uh, you want to get to Buds of the Week? Yeah, I do want to get to Buds of the Week. Okay, um, can I go first? Sure. <laughs> My Bud of the Week is uh, Tanner Reed. So Tanner got in touch to say that uh, you pronounce crayon crazy and that I'm right. So I just wanted to shout out Tanner for being my bud. <laughs> Such a... After our last episode where you said... You're like weaponizing buds of the week against me. Yes, I am. <laughs> they are my <laughs> my people. They're my buds. Um, you should also follow Tanner on all the platforms for some very sexy stuff that popped my monocle out, as I've said before. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's um, I mean, he's blowing up in, in the, like, porn world. Yep. Um, but also in his own world. And he, I, there's one, I think it was on his Instagram, mm-hmm. there's one post in particular that is covering um, his dick, but it's covering it with, like, a call to action for weed legislation. Yeah. And it's just like everything you could ask for in somebody who's really cool with their heart in the right place, who's also like showing off and thriving in the profession. I'm like, damn, that yeah. picture says it all. Yeah. Using a platform where people want to see you naked to actually promote, you know, your message about the injustices of the like war on drugs. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Fucking so he's doing awesome. cool weed shit. He's doing sexy shit. You can follow him at Tanner Reed. Tanner is T A N N O R Reed. And uh, yeah, thanks, Tanner. Mike does say crayon weird. How do you say it? Crayon. Yeah. I see. I keep it tight. <laughs> crayon. Tight and right and tight. Like a crayon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like a buzz cut from my mouth. Yeah. Heard. Exactly. Crayon. Cool. Crayon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your butt of the week? Oh, my butt of the week is a posse of the week. It's buds. It's an ounce. Shit, it's a fucking pound of a week. Wow. Yeah, it's all my homies from Second City, Chicago. I finally, after four weeks, was able to join a Zoom chat with all of them. And some of them are in Chicago. Some of them are in Alabama. Some of them were making their way from New York to Portland to start their lives. But we were just the most tight-knit fucking crew 
in Chicago, you know, feeling like mayors in down, like the mayors of the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I finally got to reconnect with all of them. And they're still the funniest fucking people you've ever met in your life. The quickest, the fastest. We all give each other shit. And it just brought me back to that time in my life, which was also the first time I had ever finally felt like I belonged and just had like people and felt like, oh, these are my people. This is my path. Fuck. I'm so thank God I found it because I was so lost. And so I just want to like shout out the whole Second City crew for, um, you know, giving me fucking purpose in life. And now to reconnect with them over Zoom and just have a blast. It, it just fucking what do you call you? You fill the picture. Like it just filled Filling my the fucking picture. picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a virtual smoke sash with them? Were you all smoking weed? All of us are smoking weed. Like some of us are like, I'm into beers now. Check out this crisp caramel arrow. Hooli. You know fucking Hooli. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool because everybody's like doing their own thing, but we all fall right back into just talking shit and being funny. Oh, that's such a nice feeling. Yeah. It does fill the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are my pound of the week. Hell yes. Pound yeah. of the week. Fucking my love it. Fucking cran pals. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we uh, have fucking great guests this week. We spoke with some more people from Chicago, Kristen and Desiree, who are together. They are dance loud. A fucking music duo who have a wild story of how they met and how they came to make music and then and like, banger after fucking banger yeah and a fucking life-altering event a couple of years ago that led them to write this fucking album that's dropping on june 5th called the moment and they gave us a track to play at yeah. the end so stick around to listen to a track that's going to be out on their album the moment the track is called shady beach it's so Good. Yo, yeah, whatever you would do to listen to Pet Sounds, I think you should do to listen to this track and then the album. Yeah, we had a virtual smoke sesh with them while they like smoked weed in their studio and just talked about like all of the fucking cool stuff, like how they make their music and what they think the future of music is going to look like as touring musicians and how they survived this crazy accident, accident that they were in together and yeah, all of it. Yo, it was okay. a great time. New friends. New fucking New friends. fucking buds. Yeah, Kristen right. and Desiree. Yeah, well, without further ado, here's that interview with... Dance Loud. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Yo, it's a beautiful Friday. It is. It's a gorgeous Friday afternoon. We're here with Dance Loud. Yeah, we're Hi. riding the fader. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> How y'all doing? Great. Are you in your home studio right now? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Y'all yeah. are doing it right. We just met, but I'm inviting myself over because I moved to L.A. from Chicago. So I'm going to need a place to have a bonfire when I come visit my grandma. My fun. <laughs> you could bring your grandma. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> can we? Can you introduce yourself so we, we all know a little bit more about you? Sure. I'm Kristen. Hi. I'm Desiree. We, uh, Kristen went to school for audio engineering. So she's the one behind the decks and synthesizers and all the tech stuff. And I'm from Desiree's. Uh, gosh, she got the instruments on her back since 1984. I mean, she's been playing instruments since she was tiny. And together, you're dance loud. You're mm-hmm. coming out with your first album, The Moment. Yeah, June, June 5th. 5th. Yep. Yeah, it was two. It took us two years to create it. Uh, we created it in here, and with Kristen's audio background, we were able to record everything. Like we would go in our backyard and record like our fire pit. Um, fireworks, like really anything, cicadas, anything we could find just to kind of create all of our own sounds. But the audio background kind of is another reason why we were super delayed with releasing our first album from performing together for so long. I was just too insecure that I didn't have, I don't know, 
$30,000 to use purely on recording equipment. It kind of makes you get kind of snobby with uh, equipment, very snobby. And um, after this whole life-changing experience, I decided to just go on a whole different attitude, the opposite, you know, because growing up in a, as a Filipino immigrant family, we're very practical. You know, you can't, you can't go buy that plug-in that's 200 bucks and that's a maybe that you'll use it. <laughs> yeah, totally. You have one extension cord, um, one laptop, two mics. That's all you need. You don't need the fancy bells and whistles that create the type of music you actually want. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got medium fancy. In fact, we call it hi-fi on a lo-fi budget. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you guys had met and were like touring and creating a whole fan base and then you were involved in a the life-altering incident you're talking about is the the car crash right yeah yeah it was um the the i i've talked a lot about the actual front story but the back story can get a little bit more i guess interesting in other people's eyes it's just we were on this mission on a 10 15 year mission before the accident like hey we just need to you know, get a bunch of jobs that make a bunch of money real quick, high stress, high pay type jobs. Um, if we get paid well, then we can save up and buy a house and then make a home studio in it. Then we don't have to deal with neighbors complaining about us anymore. That was a, a first step. And we finished that step. We rehabbed a whole house, put our friends as tenants, let them know that you're going to hear drums at 5 a.m., which is how it is. And uh, after we found people to live with then we started to you know we 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 still needed another building to replace the part-time income so we haven't got that yet but uh that was what we were on our way to was a job to earn a quick thirty thousand dollars real in like a couple months and then the accident just just we just still made the album we were going to be making that album in our tour bus we were going to be living in it and we thought well we'll just record in here and we'll we'll do everything we can and we can fix it fix the recordings when we get back home you could, we could mm -hmm. just get the general ideas down you know out there in arizona and uh, that was our plan yeah and so, you broke your back uh i i uh i shattered my pelvis so i've got a uh, steel bun buns of steel whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> my my butt area is basically Wolverine. I've got a heck yeah. yeah. Uh, shink, it, shink, it, shink. The collarbones cool. were both broken, and then eight ribs. Sacrum. Um, my sacrum. That was. It looked like a third butt cheek. What's a you, sacrum? It's your tailbone above it. It's yeah. Like oh, little, the little. Yep. The thing yep. above your tailbone. <laughs> I like oh, your yeah. lap your part thing. of the back of your pelvis. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like when you lie on your back, it's yeah. the part of your pelvis that touches the floor. And this is because you got hit by a truck. Um, yeah. Like, can you kind of walk us through that story? And then I have quite a few, I don't know, I guess ethereal questions coming from it. Yeah, you know, so we were driving. We had just entered Colorado. We were near Sterling, Sterling, Sterling Colorado, and it was about 8 or 9 at night. And, you know, we were just driving and uh, Kristen, I did, I was driving. I didn't see in the rearview mirror the truck coming behind us. And Kristen said she was kind of mesmerized by all the, the brand new lights it had because we had just replaced all of our external lights. So so out of nowhere, we were just hit, you know, and there was there was no squeal of a break or anything. It just ha happened out of nowhere. And and I my my kind of theory of the accident itself is when we hit we it immediately threw us off the road and we started rolling and 
um, I think at that point is where it kind of threw Kristen and I think it she kind of landed on me and I broke the window I had like a big cut on my head and I was knocked out for most of the the accident and I woke up like midway through and everything was kind of in slow motion and I realized later I was on the roof of the vehicle and I remember trying to grab for something thinking like oh my gosh we're still rolling and and the whole vehicle was still in, intact at that point we had our dog in the vehicle and and then all of a sudden as it flipped again once the the uh the weight of the wheel area flipped over then I, all of a sudden it dropped and and then I was knocked out again and so I woke up outside of the vehicle and all the walls were ripped off. It was a shuttle bus that you would see at um, like a airport or a hospital that we had rebuilt into our tour bus. And it looked like a pickup truck after it was done. So when I woke up, I immediately started screaming like, you know, for our dog and where Kristen was. And I kind of have a faint recollection. I think our dog took off running. Like I think she was passed out. Um, and and I and that moment of silence was, was the scariest part, you know, because we're partners. And and I, it was like, oh my gosh, where's she at? I just see everything just ripped apart this field. I mean, we we rolled, it just kept rolling. It was really far. So finally I hear something from her and I went running for her. And I mean, it was, it was I, I had to run far to get her, you know. 700 feet. Yeah. And oh my gosh. There was, there was a witness that saw the whole thing. And I'm really grateful for these people. Yeah. If we could find them, it would be amazing. And as they come running up, I'm like, call 911, call 911. And they're like, we are. And you know, what can we do to help? And uh, the, the girl came out and was helping Kristen. Um, and I ran up to Kristen and I remember I hugged her and it don't touch someone. And I'm like, I, in the back of my mind, I still feel like, oh my gosh, did I help break more of her bones when I hugged her? Like, don't touch when they're broken, you know? I was and, already crawling around on the floor. I mean, come on. Yeah, she was <laughs> yeah. stuck in fetal position. Like she couldn't get out of fetal. And so I like, I knew that um, like, there was like a concussion. I, it was like, I was almost like weirdly aware that, oh my gosh, I only have so many minutes that I could run and try to find our dog until it all starts to set in. And it, and I mean, it, it knocked the boots off of us, you know? So, and it was seven degrees out. So I'm like trying to run and find our dog. And so we have her now. We have her now. Somebody found her on the side of the highway and yeah. she just jumped in their vehicle and she had only broke a nail. And so we're wow. really grateful about that. And so, so the really it's just a straight rear end on a on. Uh, they say the cops said that it's common that people speed and rear end on that road because it's too perfect, it's too straight, too clear. We uh were we're pa- we were about to pass through Colorado, so I was really um, making sure we take the easiest road, no mountains, and mm-hmm. so be it. The easiest road can be the deadliest. Don't <laughs> yeah. did did you guys uh, ever? find out what happened with the the trucker who hit you like yeah he he was there he he took he showed up like he showed up after the cops showed up so that's where i'm really grateful for the the witnesses because we lost our phones in it so we couldn't call 911 and the witnesses called immediately so we were able to get responders out quicker because the truck driver he was young he was only like 23 years old i'm sure he's freaking out calling his family or yeah trying to you know and and so that's he finally showed up and I, I just remember being like, please help us find our dog, you know? And he was kind of in shock, I take it. He, he and couldn't. He just wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, so that was, it was just such a trip, you know, that it was, you know, once, you know, Kristen got flown out to Denver Health and they put her in this like private flight and. Private jet. And so then, yeah. <laughs> Not a status. helicopter. I got <laughs> <Nice>. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I had our friends, they drove from Fort Collins and came and picked me up the next day. And, and it was, it was literally trying to track her because the hospital didn't know what hospital she went to. And now I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of like friends to help me find her, but I don't have like a cell phone, you know? And so the only people's numbers I really had memorized was my grandpa. And I hated calling him to tell him like, Hey, this horrible thing happened. I have zero answers. But if you could get a hold of my cousin so she can get on Facebook to get a hold of another friend, to get a hold of another friend. To get a hold of a friend called Jenny Smith. Yeah. How are you going to find that? common name. <laughs> That's wow. who we were on our way to. And, man, to find a Jenny Smith is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, I, I've heard from a paramedic friend that if you're in a rollover like that, it's like a 3% chance of living. And then even lessons when you get ejected. So I had like some sort of a miracle thing going on. But really, we had done our research prior to buying the bus. And that's exactly why we bought her. It's like, oh, well, what if I mean, because RVs that are rated with good gas mileage are good gas mileage because it's aluminum. It's like a pop can. You're going to just, you know. Yeah. So. Our, our gas mileage was horrible, but I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful. And yep. so you, like, obviously you've recovered your, your back in it's a, not, every way. No, um, it's just like get, getting a new body. It's kind of like I aged, my body feels t- like my um, lower back. You can, I can, oh, what's my, what's my explanation? Oh, Desiree's face already knows. I went because I'm very athletic. I did gymnastics. I taught children gymnastics and I used to break dance. I went from Ariana Grande like to <laughs> Will Fer- to like the feeling that Will Ferrell must have like <laughs> um, you know like when I get up you know it's yeah it's it's like it's, it's, it's Frank like, the tank over here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I can't do my back bend anymore. Like <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I could, but it'll be really funny. Oh, so man. is the the moment, the album that you're putting out, are those tracks inspired by what you went through with this experience? Or had you been working uh, on the songs before the accident? Okay, the lyrics co- came from our problems from life. And that's uh, and the reason why we went for that job in the first place. Because we were so fed up. We were so ready to go to Arizona and be in nothing land. I mean, wilderness. I was so sick of people, everybody, uh, Des- especially Desiree, because she's she's been a bartender for way too long. You know, she had really had it had enough. The accident um, did, I think, subconsciously make us produce certain frequencies that normally, I mean, we kind of went real dark, mm-hmm. and I think that is an influence because that one song, the intro, I'm pretty sure that could have an influence of oxycodone. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Man. Yeah, get it from oh, the those, depths. Those hospital drugs, I tell you what, that's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. How about weed? I mean, is weed figuring into your... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, yeah. Th- there it's, was a big thing with, with weed um, because I uh, smoked lots of Newport cigarettes before the accident. And by golly, those doctors give you a lot of shit if you smoke cigarettes. You're just not going to heal. Mm. So... Um, you know, with like the government and everything, I felt like a bad guilt trip smoking cigarettes. So then I just ended up smoking a lot of weed. Heck yeah. Yeah, I do feel like the, you know, like we noticed, you know, we had tried um, like tinctures and CBD and stuff. And it was, um, I think when it's like, you know, my like minor acute pain daily um, is great. I think when it comes to like really sh- like 
uh, fresh off the hospital bed? Yeah, the, it was. So I, I think that the what it really helped her with was like psychologically, you know, and and the drive that you know, we're sativa heads, you know, and and I I feel like in general I'm at my happiest when I'm in the midst of a project. And, and the weed was like, that's where I feel like it assisted the most and was the, was the drive, the creativity, let's keep going, let's not let anything like this stop us. Because when we started recording, Kristen was couched and she couldn't uh, walk yet, you know? So it was literally like, you know, we just had this mission, you know, like Blues Brothers, like mission from God you know, type <laughs> thing where it was. Yeah, you kind of feel guilty. Like, you know, the, here's these doctors working so hard on your body for a long time and you see all these nurses and everybody really cares and and then we had like a GoFundMe everybody's all caring and saying like hey how you doing and then I feel I'm not warm like everyone I guess and I I didn't even want to it sounds so privileged but I didn't even want to talk to people and say thank you I was just like in my own deep hole yeah so it just kind of makes you and obligates you to do something with your life if everybody worked all hard to get you going you know it here flips i am the fear right it, mm-hmm. yeah it's like yeah it just it gave me like a like a reason to do something with my life the accident made me think like oh i could do more with my talent i think mm-hmm. <laughs> you know one thing I, i'm super grateful for is it happened in colorado you know and with the state laws the way they are because you know, from the psychological standpoint of like, here I am seeing the person I love more than anyone on this planet, you know, and every day, I mean, they're doing emergency surgeries, like, oh, there's internal bleeding. Oh, it's, you know, and trying to stay like calm, you know, where it's like, everything's going to be okay. I have to be the voice of reason. I have to, you know, make sure like to be the encourager. I I felt like I went into this like weird, like robot mode where it was like, just go, just go, no emotion. And I would get in, you know, lifts and the lift driver would try talking to me and I literally, I just couldn't, I like, if I were to talk, all the emotions were to come out. Oh, so wow. I felt like the one thing that helped more than anything was that my life started to feel like it was going back to normal was, you know, I was able to just go to a dispensary and get an edible. And literally it was like, just a, it made it life feel a little bit more normal and it's okay. And, you know, not to be like overwhelmed with so many thoughts and worries and feelings of, you know, what's going to happen and all of that to be like, no, this is okay. You know, it, like it helped me stay calm, you know, when I, I needed it the most. When I needed my coffee in the morning. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it made us feel like, okay, we're back to our, how our lives were. And we spent our 10 year anniversary in the hospital, you know, and we're, and it was like trying to, you know, I, I went and got, um, this thing that shot like the universe above, cause I wanted the feeling like we're out camping. We're not in this ho- hospital room anymore. So I you know, set up our computer to look like it was like a fireplace. And then, um, yeah, where it shot the stars on the ceiling and then had like the sound and a little Bluetooth of like a crackling fire. And then we like had, you know, some food get to like crab legs delivered. And then <laughs> the place kind of messed up. Like it wasn't that they messed up. It was Uber Eats. Wasn't, didn't have the same menu. As, didn't have the same menu. They didn't and have they the were crab so legs sweet. The and they ended up giving it to us for free. You know, it was like out of nowhere. It was like, oh my gosh, like people come out of nowhere when you need them the most and you'll never see them again. You know, and yeah. and that's where I, I try to, I want to, I hope to be that person someday for someone else, you know, where just something clicks, intuition sets in. You're like, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to be, and that's what the song Shady Beach was about. It's like, being kind to each other because you don't know when people are on their last they're about to snap you know and like so if we can just like be as kind as we can to others it could literally change someone's whole life i gotta ask uh about 
like the before the dance loud before and after because I can picture some people going through what you just went through and being like, we need to just make something like we need to put our energy into what we do best as a team creatively and make something and it flows easy. And then I can picture other people who, as it flows, it gets more and more personal and it gets harder and harder because I'd be tweaking like little notes here and there without even finishing one fucking song. And I would just get hung up on how important one moment is because of what I just went through. And so I'm just trying to figure out between the two of you, how you balance each other to create music after something like that. Like who plays what roles? Because I really dig this album a lot. Oh, thank you. Uh, You know, when we both have a rule that when you listen to the song over and over and over, you have a list of things that you want to correct on it. And then when our list goes down to... 50 things to 30 things then to 10 and then to five then there's just one but there's always just one thing that stays and i still want to correct some stuff on the album yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it'll never be perfect it, it just gets to a point of abandonment i'd like to already remaster it like i really like the master i like all, everything but at 22 seconds in at dimes there's distortion <laughs> do you find yeah. that um weed helps during wh- while you're mixing while you're listening back do oh you yeah smoke? yeah oh the whole time it you know it's like you know it's it, what's interesting is like so as like an overall like when the accident happened um and it was like all right this kind of do or die thing it was like I knew that we were each only giving a part of ourselves to the music. We were performing as a DJ and drummer, you know, and Kristen's an engineer. And we had had all these songs that we didn't finish. We would just, like, we get creative spikes and, like, oh, let's hurry up and record it. And then we start working on it. And then another creative spike, oh, let's hurry up and record it. And we start working on it. And then all of a sudden we have 10 unfinished songs. So from that, we're, like, start to finish. Start to finish. We're not going to start recording another song until the song we're is done. We're not going to have 10 unfinished songs anymore. Yeah. So then... Yeah. You know, the the biggest thing, like, especially with this song, I feel like has the best experience in tracking was Shady Beach that, you know, it was the third song we were working on. We had just gotten a Moog. We had we had saved up travel points to go to Hawaii. To go and to the instead beach. Of, it became Shady mm-hmm. Beach. Yeah. Instead of going to Hawaii, we got this Moog synthesizer. It's a, it's a hard drive synthesizer and it's got really fat sounds. Hardware. Yeah. And so um, so with that, like, I remember we were smoking Super Silver Haze. It's like my our favorite strain, like full sativa from greenhouse seeds. Where I mean, I I have a goal. Everybody we have a goal to meet Arjun one day. She did. Oh, she was warming up her guitar, and I was like, "That's it. We're that's it." Yeah, it's just a warm up, you know. Doing her yeah. daily Gales. was the guitar riff of Shady Beach, but it, it reminded me of the Beach Boys. I was like, "The Beach Boys. That's mm-hmm. it." Super you know? Silver Haze. Yeah. Yeah. The best strength. I it, it, the whole thing. Oh, and Will Smith summertime. Um, he also used. I think was he. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure he also used the same synthesizer in his summertime song. But Ooh, we were able cool. to to a do a similar high pitch, uh, you know, tone that was inspired from Will 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 Smith. Yeah. It's pretty rare that instead of going to Hawaii, you bet on yourselves and doubled down even more on like long term goals. That's a. I don't know. It's a big thing. It's a big choice. Did you all, were you able to play any live shows before this stay home order took place and Corona kind of changed the game? Were you able to play live? Well, not this album, no. No, not yet. Um, not yet. So, so what, what had happened was like prior, actually prior to all this, it was set up in a certain way that 
you know, as we got deeper, like I went to school for music business and when it came down to like re-educating and all right, now here's Spotify and, you know, these things. And as I was researching everything, it was, I was starting to, it was like every single thing was like, give us money, give us money. If you want to have this, like, here, here, we, here I'm paying off student loans, we're paying off a house, we're paying off our live gear and our studio gear just to be musicians. And now it's like, oh, you want to be on my playlist here, pay to submit, you know, all these things. And uh, where was I going with this? It was... Um, it's all pay sorry, to play. What was, live shows. Live, live shows. shows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. the live shows. Mm-hmm. So we found that record stores, because this is our first time pressing on vinyl, they were like one of the very few places... And, and people like you that, you know, are willing to interview, like, indie musicians that aren't trying to take from the musician. They're literally lovers of music and trying to help it. So we had set up that all of our live shows were going to be at small, intimate air, uh, record stores, kind of like KEXP and Tiny Desk. Hell to yeah. To give, like, an intimate thing, because now we've knocked out Ticketmaster. They, they charge another 100%. You know, now the venues, like, you know, the musicians, we're the ones paying the, the sound engineers for the night, the door guy, the booker, you know. It's we, like we're an employer. We get only a cut of what the venues get, and all the venues get 100% alcohol sales. And that's all they really care about is the alcohol sales. So, you know, in that way, we're like, well, I think actually alcohol could be a deterrent for, for uh, live music yeah, because yeah. you're more concerned over, when you have like four Manhattans, you're ready to hear Journey. And that goes from that's the same thing for me. If like I have four Manhattans, I'm gonna listen to Ace of Bass. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for especially new music, we felt like, you know, this is the best route, you know. It's like we're we're definitely grateful for the festivals and everything, but you know, the thing is like we need to develop a, a stronger like fan base and I think the route to do it is to have intimate shows that we can meet people afterwards and we're not elevated on a stage because it kinda takes a wall. It's like it's separating us from the crowd. If we're in the crowd performing, I think it's better. And we've noticed as these days go with the supply and demand between venues and musicians, there's a lot of musicians, not enough venues. The venues do have the upper hand to choose the the biggest draw. Um, But the problem when you're a medium draw like us is that we end up having to book the whole bill. We end up having to do the bookers, everything, every single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we never end up gaining a growing audience because it's our own people that the venue usually almost never has their own draw. Uh, you know, if it's a person that we booked for the bill, as much research as you do, a lot of the times, you know, I do, I do understand the agony of a booker because a lot of times you're told one thing, but in reality, it's this kind of a draw. So we've mm-hmm. always made it a rule it's always 50% of what someone says. Uh, so we've never, it was just, it's just really hard to find someone that we can really bring a good draw and then grow our audience with. Yeah, It's always a take situation and we're never receiving. What do you think the future looks like now that you know COVID has changed the landscape? Do you think COVID's there's a silver gonna lining? A, I think it's fixing a couple knickknackers up. You know, people are going to people are going to have to work harder. Like I read an article where the venue owners are complaining like awesome. But oh, no, now you might have to get a second job like all the rest of us musicians. You have to get like eight jobs now. (laughs) I've been I mean, like, I don't even know how you've had one job. How does everyone have one job? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, think about it, too, is like, you know, what's Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza and these places have in common? They're owned by Live Nation. So, 
you know, you have Coachella and Electronic Daisy Carnival owned by like one part that's, you know, throwing festivals and the other part, all the independent festivals outside of Burning Man has not been bought by large corporations. Yeah. You know, so if you're an opening act at some of these things, you're going to you're going to pay, you know, a grand to get out there and get your equipment out there and do all this stuff to play for a couple hundred bucks to have, you know, a residual promotion. Mm -hmm. But I think in this way, I, I feel what the future is, is that every person is going to be their own independent channel, like what you have going on. People are going to come to each person independently for their entertainment online. And I think network, I think like my, small, my prediction is small local businesses. the film industry is about to be hit. I think that more people are getting on YouTube. They'd rather see someone's just weekly content of them living their life. Mm -hmm. You know, there will always be a time and place to like go and see like a big budget, you know, $500 million film, you know, but at the same time, there, Kristen was an extra on The Shy, and I, it was a big realization to, for me to show that here's you know $120,000 an hour going into creating this TV show. They have 300,000 watchers, all right? Well, now you have this 14-year-old kid open, doing box openings, and they're getting, you know, 4 million watchers. Unboxing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, but so I think everyone's going to become their own People have to TV. work harder now. I mean, if 20% of businesses, venues, whatever, are going to go down, now the venue actually has to, like, brand themselves as curating great music for the first time again in a long time. Yeah. I mean, people, venues are starting to live stream uh, with an empty house. And I'm like, good, because you should have been doing that before COVID-19, you know? Yeah. Like... And, and not charging me $30 for it. <laughs> and I wonder if part of the shakeup, too, is, uh, you know, the, that celebrity culture isn't really what anyone is interested in right now. They're interested in right. good art. They're Real. interested in great music. They don't care if it's, you know, some, like, mega star. They just want to hear what, they're, what they want. And there's yeah. hopefully more space for more voices right now coming mm -hmm. from, yeah, like, independent platforms. That's what I'm excited about. I, yeah, I think people will always need entertainment. You know, and, and sports, movies, music, all of this is, you know, art is all entertainment. And the one thing is, and I noticed it with SNL, was the second that they didn't have the big studio and all the writers and all this stuff behind them, and when they put out some of the stuff from their home, it, it really took a hit, you know. So sometimes I feel like, you know, when you get used to doing, you know, with us, if we if we're only used to playing with the best of speakers and the best of anything, the second that we get on a stage that doesn't have the best of equipment and now our sound is all messed up, now our, now we're going to be affected. So I think that in this way, you know, it, the resilient will survive, you yeah. know, that you're able to work with not the best of situations and your, your art and talent will shine right through When you it. put your passion into whatever business you have, it's gonna survive, like kind of similar to a chef-owned restaurant. Now venue owner is gonna have to be like, you know, really into being a venue owner. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you make me think about how, like when we got an email um, about uh, your single dropping and maybe we could all talk and hang out and we listened to it and we were both like, oh fuck, this is dope, hell yeah. And it, and it gave me the same feeling as like, if you were like crate digging, looking for like new music, or you were like opening baseball cards and you're like, oh my God, this is a rookie. Like there's something about like the ability for independent artists to co-sign each other without these big corporations getting in the way anymore that allows like people like us, all of us to be tastemakers. And if you fuck with us, 
that means you're going to fuck with who we fuck with. And mm-hmm. there is no static in between there. Because if you do like us, you can trust us that we're going to point you in the right direction. And it's kind of like a clearer path than ever for mm-hmm. everybody to like come on up. Yeah, the rise of the indie. We're helping each other. Yeah. 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 True. But there's a good and bad because now there's a lot of noise. And I get really... I'm glad you brought up crate digging because I used to love it. And I have to... Um, listen to a lot of other people's music too just to try to fresh my set list and it's this thing called repost exchange we listen and then it's a repost you know exchange between other indie artists i don't like it <laughs> it's <laughs> i have to cut through a lot of noise so when you said Always. that you you know because it's so easy to be independent now we, we have direct links to everything that was only you know given to major labels um but it you know, that's why we put a lot more effort into this one as opposed to our 10 unreleased songs. You know, not just work effort, but financial effort, too. I just We just pulled every kind of creative outlet we had to make this the absolute best we could possibly make it. You know, because there's a reason why I didn't unrelease those other songs. They weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. You know? Word. But I, I do believe you bring up a really great point in the way that you know, say that a lot of our shows got canceled, but at the same time what we've been performing with outside of one media publication was it was a, a bunch of musicians coming together from around the world saying, hey, let's do something together. We're all like-minded. So there was what we did one stream that it was um, Soul, everyone who was live. Uh, Since stream, everyone who was a live electronic band, and it was literally worldwide, went on for like 24 hours and each it started off in Australia. And so in this way, now it's it's the same thing kind of with the Shady Beach music video. We're finding people that were like, hey, you're cool. I actually stand behind you. I think you're a good person. And now let's find ways of like helping each other. You know, let's promote each other. And so we we kind of jumped on this like women's engineering group. Um, you know, Soulmade, the Soulmade, they had an event here. that was, you know, and it was and it's really great because now we're saying like, hey, here's people that aren't looking for numbers and looking for money. Like, They're check out these art. people, you know, and you're right. Like, we're able, as tastemakers, now, like, steer people in the directions of, like, hey, I stand behind these people. I don't have to do the douche pitch. You know, the douche pitch that we do all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talk about ourselves. Like, I have done this and blah, 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 blah. Like, these people are just like, uh, can I just listen and then I don't care? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the douche yeah. pitch. I'm, I'm taking that. Oh, man, that's going to the lexicon. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Okay, this is my last music industry question. Did you all see the Fortnite Travis Scott? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you oh, dig it? Yeah. Did you think that like the future of music is going to be like streaming platforms like Twitch putting on concerts for people all over the world? I think it's going to be a I, well, I don't know, but I am hoping it's going to be like this. It's going to be like a live stream and it's going to be in a big room like a movie theater because it went out of business. <laughs> and the movie theater is going to have like a limited capacity because it always has a limited capacity. It's a bunch of chairs in the way. And then we're all going to start mixing in 5.1. Ooh, Ooh. Dolby. Just I Dolby do. speakers yeah. all so over the fucking So the side. next album is going to be If I Can Afford and Figure It Out. I'm going to have to like learn sound contracting and measure the angles myself if Dolby doesn't send someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Dead Mouse is all is like the only artist I know that's got set up for 5.1. So um, I, I do believe it's the future. I we've been actually looking a lot. We wanted to do it with this album was to figure out like a VR route. You know, I'd even seen something like Paris Hilton was trying to do a show like that yeah. and then 
uh, Minecraft had a show, like, I think last year, um, and I think it was Zed or something. There was a bunch, there was like 30 different artists. Oh, I got really excited. Okay, so here's the, the next step of this plan. All right, so 5.1 album, and then, you know, they're going to do the bodysuits just like that one movie where in your virtual Ready reality. Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. whole yeah. wetsuit-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And then because there was this plugin I bought from Waves called, um, what did I buy? Motion. Motion. Br- Bronner Motion. Bronner Motion, yeah. And it makes the panning get crazy, like over here, over here. But then I wanted it to feel like here. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a little, the back of your neck. Don't you love that back of the neck feel? Yeah. You know? Yes. Lots of lots of tickling of frequency like the frequencies are literally doing that to you mm-hmm. and i think yes. like if you have an album with that and the wetsuit that you wear for virtual reality you feel it all yeah. over oh yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my god i went to a virtual reality thing Ooh. we were you were there um, i put on a suit that um vibrated in my in my lower back like when you took a step oh, there was a man. vibration and it was the coolest feeling so i totally know what you're talking about like, yeah i, I mean, can picture it yes i can't mm-hmm. even get that medical machine i wore the tens unit oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Wild. <laughs> we can go all day yes oh, i got it I'm smoking purple cover- lemonade. I think it's helping. Yeah. I think yeah. you're in the cupboard of your own home, so you can smoke. And you're like, and then all of a sudden you put something on and you're a whole, and you're a whole other world, yeah. you know? And you're now you're not traveling and you're not in risk of, you know, car accidents adding, you know, all the gases to the air and messing with the ozone layer. And, you know, things like this. I, I do think that, you know, us going like two or three months with no social contact, you know, and there's a fact, there's a chance that this can come back next fall you know, and go to an, another period of time without social contact. I do believe that, like, people are going to appreciate when they do get social contact more. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, think about it, 98%, this is my own theory, 98% of communication is all happening through technology, without electricity. Like, imagine how much you're talking to people that you actually talk to them. Like, we talk to each other, but we're not seeing a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. We're going to stores and being, like, you know, like, everyone's, you know. And it's my thing is just for respect of the other person. I like keep my distance so they don't feel nervous. Yeah. Put my mask on so they don't feel nervous. Oh, like you I know can't how you always wanted a, no. uh, a perform in a museum? Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- we could curate a whole like experience. You could buy a ticket, get a ticket and you're only only person in this little room and then you get like a s- essential oils happening on time on cue with something. <laughs> And yeah. Wow. Right all senses. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. All senses. You, 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 you walk. Because I love like going to raves around. and I love going to like mosh pits. But can you imagine just like a wide shot of somebody in their apartment, like the pit is opening up and they're like getting bounced all over the place from side to side yeah. and they're just like alone totally. in their apartment. Yes. And they're like hanging outside, you know, they're crowd surfing and they can feel a thousand hands going across their back, yes. but they're in their empty apartment just like vibing with the music. It's like the holodeck, man. Yeah. 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 It's it's coming. Ooh, it's their silver I, lining. And then exciting. to be able to, and then, and then they're like doing it live where they're like streaming it and mm-hmm. their whole experience. Because I watch I, I'm a gamer, and I watch people game, you know, yeah. like, oh, man, it would be so good. Yeah. I think I think it's coming, definitely. Hey, where can everybody find y'all? Okay, so Desiree is so good at the Instagram story thing. I like Instagram. She loves it. So it's like our own little TV show on the Instagram stories. Um, uh, we uh, Our website is where you can buy our things. Dancehabmusic.com. Our YouTube has a, a, 
our, our um, there's a Vivo channel and then our regular YouTube. The YouTube you can go in a wormhole there mm-hmm. of oh, all yeah. of our con our content along with the playlists that we follow and other videos that we like. I mean, a, a straight up wormhole. Wait, yeah, what's we made the like IG? Old... What's the IG? Uh, Instagram is a uh, uh, dance loud music. Tight. Yeah, we actually made a documentary on our very first tour in Precious when we went to New York, and it's we're, we shot it on our cell phones and stuff. But I was super inspired by it. What's a, uh, another state of mind? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. Oh man, I love that documentary. It's it's one of my favorites, and it was a huge inspiration with us making this. So it's that's that's something I kind of frequent when I like go through my days of like missing our like first home, you know, that we built ourselves. Like if you need she to go. Alive. Figure out how to build a bus. There's lots of how-to videos, not by us, but other <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can, awesome. if you want to learn more about conspiracy theory, you can check our YouTube. Heck yeah! This yeah. sounds like an, this sounds like I'm going a lot to of spend holes. a lot of time there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. It was so oh, great man. to meet you guys. Thank you for hanging out. And um, everyone can buy your album when it drops or pre-order it right now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's out. It's out on vinyl now, and then uh, we we set the vinyl a month early. Fun. And yeah, so yeah, it'll be on vinyl Spotify, all that May first. So we're just doing that to push and encourage people to listen on vinyl, and then the digital drops June fifth. That's what's up. And one thing I do want to add is because I've I've been thinking about making a video about this is like the one way to help independent artists isn't like it's not like going and buying their merch, and even as much as like shows do help, it's literally just if you like it, share it subscribe like add to those online numbers it helps us book shows more you know the the higher our numbers are like the more like we can like charge rhythm is worth more for shows yeah Yeah. it's like that's the way to help indie musicians yeah if you can buy it great and if you can't just spread the word yeah awesome Subscribe and share. Yeah, that's good stuff. On that note. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so great to meet you. So follow Dance Loud Music. Uh, Follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Find us on our website, weedandgrub.com. Hit us up through the emails at wg at weedandgrub.com. It's all Weed and Grub, Weed and Grub, Dance Loud, Dance Loud, Dance Loud. Yep. Yeah. Y'all are cool as fuck. Thanks for hanging out. You guys are awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Bye. I'd love to hang out in real life someday. Yes, Yes, me too. Bye, everybody.